Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along on this Tuesday morning, November 2nd. Hope if you're in elections in your area, you get out and vote. But I'm coming to you today from Jacksonville, Florida, where I'm at Awakened Church and have had some meetings yesterday and today. Later this week, I'll be preaching at the University of Florida in Gainesville. If you're down in that area, make sure and stop out and visit us. Special welcome to all who are with us today. If this is your first time, I hope you subscribe and hit the notify button. And indeed, if you're back day by day, God bless you. We believe that to get in the Word of God each day, hear taught, be inspired, be encouraged, be edified, makes a difference. God sees you're here. He knows you could be doing something else. And I believe God honors our commitment to learning the Word of God. We've been talking about a godly family, having a godly home. And a verse that comes to my mind that I think is so important is found in Proverbs 24 and 15. And it says, Do not lie in wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Do not destroy his resting place. My question to you today, is your home a resting place? Is there an atmosphere in your home that peace prevails? And when you come home from a chaotic world, when you come home from a tough world, when you come home from work, when you come home from school, where you come home from running errands, that your home is a place of comfort, rest, and encouragement to you. I want to encourage you today to work hard to develop your home as a resting place. I mentioned in my email last night, I didn't grow up in a home like that. I grew up in a home where I contributed to our home being loud, noisy, chaotic, disruptive. My dad worked hard. My dad had a demanding job and he would come home tired and wanting some rest, wanting some peace and quiet. Of course, I was, you know, a rebellious teenager at this time. And I'd be in my room, we'd have a stereo. We didn't have headphones in those days. So my stereo would be turned up loud and I'd really be enjoying the music. My dad would come in and he'd say, He'd knock on the door, pound on the door. I'd open up. He'd say, turn that noise down. And of course, being a rebellious teenager, what did I say? That's not noise. That's music. And being an irritated dad, what would he say? That's not music. That's noise. And before long, we were arguing about my music. And I was placing my music in a greater, I was respecting my music and my listening above my dad and my responsibility to honor him. And to be honest, it was shameful shameful as I think about it because that's his home. He pays for it. He's raising me, providing shelter. And I made it an uncomfortable place for him to find rest from a chaotic world, a tough world that he was living in, a demanding world, a competitive world where it was important that he find rest for his mind and his soul in our home. We argued a lot in our home. We fought a lot. We raised our voices. There's a lot of anger in our home. And these things just weren't supposed to be. When I became a Christian, and by the way, I, I just thought that's the way homes were. That's what I grew up in. I didn't know any better. That's what I was immersed in. But later on, when I became a believer, I had the opportunity to live with my pastor, Dennis Clark, and his wife, Thelma. And at the time, they had one child and I had a second one while I was there and uh, 
Just got a message. You're having difficulty hearing me. I'll try and speak a little bit louder here, okay? And as I was um, um, in the home, I found they never argued. They never fight, fought. They often smiled at one another. They spoke tenderly to one another. They were gracious to one another. At our mealtimes, it was peaceful. There wasn't arguing going on. We would start with a blessing. We would sing a song of praise to God. And it was a, it was a peaceful, a restful, unenjoyable place and time. What a difference from what I was raised. And I'm so grateful because that's what I ended up bringing in then to my home and figuring that we want a Christian home. We want a home that is a resting place, a home that's at peace. I often think now as I, you know, as I come home from um, campus and when I'm on campus, just seven or eight miles away from my house, it's like a battle zone for me. It's like a war zone. It's like a battle of ideas. It's people are coming at me and heckling me and I'm answering and and we're debating and we're these big ideas and persuading about the gospel and trying to persuade people to believe in the gospel. And when I come home, it's so peaceful. It's so quiet, so refreshing, so encouraging. It's so uplifting. It almost seems like two separate worlds to me. And that's good. And that's good and that's necessary that we have that type of peace and quiet in our home. I want to encourage you to foster that type of environment. I'm with some other pastors right now, and I've been asking them, you know, how, how do you have peace in your home? Let me give some ideas that we have shared with one another. Number one, uh, don't take one another for granted. It's so easy to do this in the home because we, we think that I'm secure. We love one another. I can be myself. I can let my hair down. I can be whoever I want to be. And we can begin to treat one another in non-Christian ways. I remember seeing a sitcom years ago, and it was kind of a funny scene where people were screaming at one another, and the phone rang, and they went from screaming at one another in the home, they answered the phone, hello, may I help you? Hello, you know, with a gracious, kind voice. Speaking more kindly to a total stranger, not even knowing who was on the phone, than to the very people living in their own home. We need to value one another in our home. Don't take one another for granted. Don't take one another's feelings for granted. Don't assume that just because you're committed in love and you can be yourself, that that means you can be ugly towards one another. You can be mean towards one another. Well, that means walk in the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. You know, before I teach these daily YouTubes, I always pray, Lord, fill me with your Spirit. Before I preach on campus, Lord, fill me with your Spirit. Before I do any kind of service to the Lord, I always pray, Lord, fill me with your Spirit. Let your spirit just permeate my life so that I walk in the spirit during this time. Have you ever thought about praying that when you live your life at home, Lord, fill me with the spirit. Fill me with your love, joy, peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That in your own home, amongst your own family, Lord, let me walk in the spirit there. Let me be filled with the spirit in my interactions with my spouse and my children. It's important. Along that lines, of course, the first of the fruit of the Spirit is love. And 1 Corinthians 13, I, again, I apply this. I want to apply this towards people I'm preaching to on campus. I want to apply this towards people at work or school. I want to apply the, the qualities there and pray through those qualities in, in how I relate to other people. But 
Of course, we should do that with our own spouse and our own children. We should say, Lord, give me genuine Christian love for my wife or my husband, for my children, or for my parents. Indeed, it's probably no more important anywhere to have that than in our own family. One brother shared, we need to respect one another. Oh, how true this is. See, I didn't respect my dad. I didn't respect his desire and need for some peace and quiet. It was all about me. And indeed, when people are living under the same roof and it's all about you, you're going to have conflict because that's the flesh. But we respect one another. We, we respect one another's needs. We understand one another's needs. We take time to see what the other person does need and we show them that respect. It's important that we develop margin, one brother shared with me. In other words, one reason our homes are chaotic is because we're just too busy. We just got too much going on. There's no time to take a breath, no time to relax, no time to just unwind a little bit. There's always something to do, particularly if you're raising children and uh, in, the, in that high school age, or if you've got multiple children, a lot of us do have multiple children, it can just be somewhat chaotic. This to me is, a, again, another great reason to suggest a, 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 a weekly Sabbath, a day that you just say, we're going to relax. We're not going to do a lot of stuff. We're just going to be quiet, relax, enjoy one another, talk to one another. We're not going to be rushing here or there during this Again, for me, it's Sunday afternoon from the time after church till about six o'clock. That six or so hours of rest and quiet and peace makes a difference. I would encourage you to do that. But what adjustments might you need to make to allow more margins? Are there things that you should cut out because there's just you're, there's so much pressure, so much to do that it 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 raises the 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 tension level in your home. Got to go here. Got to do that. And it robs your home of peace. We're a very, 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 very busy culture, are we not? And some of us just need to slow down a little bit and ask, is it, do we really need to do all the things that we have planned? I, one thing is to give one another space. You know, even in, in we're one in marriage, we're together, but each of us needs a little bit of space sometimes. Maybe someone to go for a walk or maybe to have some time to go work out at the gym or, or, or listen to something, or my wife likes to paint, and she's an artist, give space to allow for these things, to let people have, to, uh, have some time to themselves. I like to go for walks. We need to give one another space to do such a things. The final thing I would say is, um, you know, our house, we try and make it the no judgment zone. My wife and I joke to one another. She says, she won't judge me for all the Mountain Dew I drink. I don't judge her for all the coffee she drinks. And we joke about it, but it's true. We don't judge one another. We try and give one another space. We try and, we, we try and accept one another. We love one another. We just say, lighten up a little bit on the things that people tend to be critical of one another. Don't do that. Make your home a resting place. Make your home a place where people respect one another. They speak kindly to one another. Uh, an atmosphere of love and joy and acceptance rather than an atmosphere of criticalness and fault finding and judging and anger. Now, parents, this is your responsibility to teach it. This is not natural in our children. They'll fight with one another. They'll quarrel with one another. We know they fuss with one another. 
it's up to us as parents to model this behavior, first of all, towards one another, husbands, wives, moms, dads, to love one another, to be kind to one another, to speak well with one another, and then to model it, model it and to teach it and expect it of our children. It is possible. Like I said, God has given us this type home, and we give the credit to the Lord, the filling of the Holy Spirit, the expecting that we're going to honor God in the way we treat one another in our home 24-7. Have we been perfect? No. But I think one of the great gifts Roz and I gave our children is to grow up in a basically peaceful home, a basically peaceful home, a restful place where we where there was love and acceptance. Perfect. Were there ever conflicts? Of course. Were there ever quarrels? Of course. But we resolved conflicts. We made sure that we didn't go to bed angry at one another. We made sure that we didn't let things fester. We kept short accounts. We made sure that if, if you needed to forgive one another or you needed to confess something to one another, we did it. We didn't let the sun go down on our anger, but we made sure to keep short accounts. And as a result, our home has been a resting place, a place of comfort and peace and strength and encouragement from a chaotic world, a place where you can come home, know you're loved, and be recharged. Father in heaven, thank you for the family, your idea of the family. As we saw yesterday, Lord, you will bless the righteous and you'll bless even the descendants of the righteous. How we pray, Father, that our homes would be a resting place. You said that the righteous man, his home would be a resting place. I pray our homes would be a place where the Spirit of God prevails, that the Spirit of, of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, these qualities, these great virtues, this fruit of the Spirit would be seen in how we relate to the people closest to us, the ones we love the most, the ones we care about the most. Father, we confess sometimes we treat total strangers with greater grace and kindness than we treat our own family members. We confess, Lord, that sometimes we were more patient with someone at a store that we don't even know or at work than we are with those that we have the greatest commitment to and the greatest influence upon. Oh, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name, fill us with your spirit 24-7. I pray in our homes, in our homes, Lord, when people, when we are around our husband, our wife, our brothers, our sisters, our children, that we would treat them with grace. Help us, Lord, not to be judgmental, but to be accepting. Help us, Lord, to uh, keep short accounts. If we have to have a tough conversation of forgiving or admonishing or reproving, Lord, that we wouldn't let things build up and so that someday then we explode because it's, it's all built up and just spills out. Help us, Lord, know how to keep short accounts. Help us to be forgiving in our home. Help us to be accepting. Help us to not be judgmental. Lord, I pray that you'd help people who need to make changes because their life is just too busy. There's too much pressure. And, and help us recognize when, when that's just tearing apart the things that matter most. We confess, Lord, that sometimes we do that. We're in a busy world. Help us, Lord, to know how to prioritize the things that really matter, and to love our family and our children. Help us to realize the value of this. Father, I, I pray for each one. I, I just am thankful for my wife, the atmosphere she set in our home, the atmosphere of grace, of peace, of kindness, 
the atmosphere of love, the atmosphere of, of joy. I just want to thank you for that atmosphere that just makes me want to be home, makes me want to be there. And I, I so enjoy being home and so enjoy. It's such a resting place, a place of rejuvenation and life. I pray, Lord, for all of us to have that and to make choices and decisions that will enable it. We pray for this and we bless you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. So glad to have you along. I hope a lot of practical suggestions today. I hope you can implement them, and I hope it does make a difference in your home. You know, your home can strengthen you. Your home, I'll just say for me, I'm involved in the battle. My home strengthens me for the battle, and I'm able to go out strong and prepared and victorious because I get rejuvenated and recharged my home. I hope that's what you experience as well. God bless you. So glad to have you along. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning, 8.30 a.m., as we continue talking about the godly home. Until then, walk in the Spirit, and you got some practical ideas today. I hope you can put them into practice. God bless you. Bye-bye. See you tomorrow.